Blog Talk Radio. A red hot neighborhood fight. No, when I move to Cuba, I'll speak Spanish. Okay. Tonight, the gloves are off, all because of a controversial coat of paint. You'll see this battle between neighbors only on CBS 4. It started with a red house neighbors call an eyesore. The color controversy quickly escalated into a war of words where neighbors showed their true colors. CBS 4's Dave Malkoff is live in the Pembroke Pines neighborhood with more. Dave? Yeah, you guys are absolutely right. This started because of the color of the house. But it turned into something very different, something you have to see for yourself. So, what's the big deal? The big deal is with Big Red, the house that is. It's appalling. Appalling to neighbors who see the color of their neighborhood changing. Who just sat here color? My mom. Fire engine red. If you want to match your Humvee, go back to... Uh, the Redlands, where you came from. Ariana Mesa came from, ironically, the Redlands section of Miami-Dade. Her family came from Cuba. Now she lives in the Red House. That's the wrong color for some of these neighbors. I actually plan to live here because I'm getting married and I'm moving so there. So you want to you move here and be here with adversity against you. The whole area has main, maintained a certain decorum. And you have turned this into a Carroll City, an overtown. You have destroyed our neighborhood by making it a red flaming house. The Homeowners Association does not expressly forbid any specific color. It does, however, have a blanket rule about anything being a nuisance. Nor shall anything be done thereon which may or may become an annoyance or nuisance to the neighborhood. And we consider that a nuisance that we consider it a nuisance, and it's, and it's in here, it's 25 years old. In those 25 years, South Florida has changed. Dariana's parents don't even speak English. In neighborhood, America neighborhood. No, 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 we're talking about the colors. You gotta ask yourself, when did anyone stop talking about color? Welcome to the neighborhood. Those who say to me, stick to civil rights, I have another answer. Others can do what they want to do. That's their business. As other civil rights leaders, for various reasons, refuse or can't take a stand or have to go along with the administration, that's their business. But I'm afraid that I know that justice is indivisible. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And welcome in tonight, ladies and gentlemen, coming to you live from Colorado Springs, Colorado. This is AJC Radio where we bring the message of justice all around the world. My name is Lamont Banks, along with Lisa Stewart, Cliff Stewart, and Jeanette Williams. And ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't noticed, racism is alive and well in the United States of America. Tonight we fight the injustice, the abuse of power, 
the discrimination, the racism in the Homeowners Association, not only across the country, but right in our backyard here in Colorado Springs. And tonight we're going to be joined with Pastor Rose Banks, Luana Clark. I'll tell you, what we have found out, what we have learned is horrific. Hang on to your seats, folks. We go into the corruption of the Homeowners Association. Stay with us folks, right now. And there you have it. And, uh, again, I'm Lamar Banks, along with Lisa Stewart, Cliff Stewart, Jeanette Williams. How are you folks doing tonight? I'm good. Great. Great you know, when you begin to talk about racism, discrimination, segregation, uh, we properly have the words of Dr. Martin Luther King when he says, injustice anywhere is injustice everywhere. And I'll tell you right now, how do you harass a 70-year-old pastor African-American, and we're going to get into that, and basically simply have an issue because she's enjoying her life and making her uh, living and dwelling place nice. She has uh, followed the guidelines, Lisa, uh, in regards to what the Homeowners Association has requested on the basics, and they just continue. Well, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, you will hear some of the racist undertones and clear tones against Rose Banks. It is uncomprehendable, even down to her Christmas lights that help heal a community. And we're going to get into that as well. This is going to be quite interesting. The Homeowners Association, you're on notice tonight. Agency Radio pulls the cover off your corruption. And we're going to do that here. Lisa, uh, read our disclaimer for our listeners, please. Okay. We want to just remind everyone that we are not attorneys and a just cause does not provide any legal advice. You want to contact your personal legal advisor for your legal needs. Also, the opinion, opinions expressed by callers and guests do not necessarily reflect that of a just cause or AJC radio. And as always, we want to thank you for tuning in and choosing to spend some time with us this evening. Well, thank you for that, Lisa, and we appreciate that. Ladies and gentlemen, feel free tonight to give a call in to the program. That's area code 347-838-8976, 347-838-8976. And uh, we're going to get into some serious uh, discussions uh, tonight, uh, Lisa, as we are dealing, you know, with discrimination, you wonder what is actually going on in America right now. Uh, I had a lady tell me uh, not long ago on a trip to our nation's capital that she has a problem thinking whether she's in the 60s or in the current 2015. Lisa, your thoughts on that? Well, I think, yeah, these people are they're getting out of control. Things are getting so much out of control. It just—it's hard to tell. You wonder. You think our country is progressing, but then you look at the things that are happening, and you look around you, and you think, okay, maybe we're not progressing as much as we thought we were. Maybe we're not moving forward. Or are we standing still? Or are we actually taking steps backwards? It's—it's it's hard to tell when you look at the things around you. The things that are happening is really hard to tell. No, it really is, Cliff. When you when you hear these things, uh, and, and you're going to definitely give some insight to this situation, uh, actually dealing with some issues. Uh, uh, legally and addressing some of these issues, how insanely, uh, and that's the word, how insane is this from from, from your experience in dealing with it? Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Well, when you look at, you know, uh, America whole oh, and you look at you know, racial issue, the only thing that's gotten better is they've written things down. You can't discriminate. You can't do whatever. But the actual actions are exactly the same. Nobody's 
really going after the actions of the people who are violating those laws. Nobody is saying that, you know, I mean, they're saying on paper you can't do it. But then when something comes up, they find a way to wiggle around the law. And when you look at these homeowners associations, I mean, they are outside pretty much the law. It's like you, you go, you live in a community where there's a homeowner association. Then you realize that basically you're living inside a Nazi boot camp. It's like, what is going on? Yeah. Why am I being attacked on every angle? And who do I go to to say, okay, I mean, you go to the to the board, the governing board. All they do is say, hey, we're abided by the covenants. We, you know, we're keeping the home, the, the community uh, the way we want it to be. And you realize that you really don't have anyone to fall back on. You have to fight. You have to take it upon yourself to say, I will bring legal action. Sure to basically disrupt what they're doing because it's a well-known fact. Homeowner associations are completely out of control, as you'll see in some of the things that well, have happened to uh, again. No, without question. And uh, we'll be uh, going through some uh, information and some more. Uh, this is not only, again, an exclusive in Colorado Springs. Uh, this actually extends across the United States. And uh, the abuse of power... Uh, has to be regulated, and that's what people are crying out for now, that regulations be in place for the Homeowners Association. Here's what is so crazy, Cliff, uh, Jeanette, and um, Lisa, is that the Homeowners Association, many, for the most part, are ran by your neighbors. Well, number one, you have a conflict of interest here. So, you know, if I don't like your Christmas lights, and we're going to get, I can't wait to get into that, uh, and then that kind of fizzled out after a while because the Christmas lights, I can guarantee, is called the Christmas House, ladies and gentlemen. We're getting into that season. Let me just do a plug real quick for the Christmas House. You want to definitely hit Pine Creek up here in Colorado Springs at, uh, at the uh, Christmas House because and you don't need an address because the glow uh, will lead you directly to the front door. So uh, how do you have a problem with that? And, and I was sharing with someone today in regards to the control factor. Uh, one of the ladies, and you'll hear one of these clips, made the statement that she felt she was in a dictatorship. When the American dream is to own your own home, live in you know your retiring years in, in peace and harmony and all those good things. Uh, and uh, Pastor Banks has, has paid dues over the years. She's 70 years old now, doesn't look a day over 45. But I'll tell you right now, she is entitled to her rest. She's entitled to come to her house. And enjoy her surroundings and enjoy whatever she wants. Because guess what? She makes the house payment. And you don't come into my house and tell me what I can and cannot do unless you are willing to take the payment over. I guarantee you that's not going to happen. So, folks, you like to say, buckle down. Members of Congress, any folks there on Capitol Hill listening to this program tonight, uh, we, we will be addressing the, um, the Fair Housing Act. And, uh, Cliff, that is where... Uh, as you pursue action against the homeowners association, uh, if they're in violation of law, uh, I don't care who you are, what entity you are with. It is federal law that you do not discriminate against a person because of their race. And when there are signs pointing to that, uh, we're going to dig into that tonight. Uh, Agency Radio deals with bringing the message of justice, but we fight all levels of injustice. And uh, I'll tell you what, this is just one of many uh, that's causing a problem uh, in our country right now, while racial divide, all those things that are going on. So uh, hang on to your seats. We're going to get into that here shortly. Uh, and Pastor Banks will be joining us uh, along with Luana Clark uh, to tell uh, some of their accounts of, of what has happened. Uh, going to current news right now, uh, and, I'm, and Cliff, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the story. Lisa, 
uh, in South Florida, musician who was killed by the police early Saturday. Uh, this was last weekend uh, uh, by the police early Sunday after his car broke down near a highway exit ramp, was armed with a handgun he had bought three days earlier. Uh, but my understanding is, if I read the report correctly, he had a license to carry that. Yeah, I believe he um, The musician, Corey Jones, 31, was shot by a plain clothes officer who had been on the job for six months. Uh, Chief Stephen Sepp said Mr. Jones' handgun was recovered on the ground outside his car, and uh, the new box that came in was inside. He, he had, so he wasn't really a threat. He just went, he has a right to bear arms. That's right. Okay? But they want to build up the fact, wait, why do you say that in the beginning of your story? Well, he had a gun. Wait a minute. Was he pointing at you? Was he trying to kill you with it? That's the point. Explain the fact that this man just legally purchased a gun under his constitutional right to do so. So that shows you how they twist things because they already know the outcry is getting ready to happen. That's right. They already know that's coming. Cliff, your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I mean, that is why we have the Constitution. We have the Second Amendment that says that every American citizen has the right to bear arms. Now, there are some caveats to that, but a man who goes out and buys a gun uh, lawfully there's nothing wrong with him having that that uh that firearm in his, in his vehicle. Now, the the issue here is where's the body camera? Where is the dash cam? Because you, you know what's coming next. The officer is going to say he was I was in and fear, I fear for, my, for life. my life. That's why I killed another wow. black man. It, it just you get tired of hearing the same story. It's like, well, how many days? How many times you see his lawyer? Then he'll come up. I was in fear for my life. I shot him and killed him. That's in the that's in the realms of my job. So now, basically, you know, I get a pass for killing okay. another black. But a traffic stop. In a brief news conference Tuesday night, Chief Step addressed the swelling questions about how a respected church drummer and housing inspector wound up dead in the middle of the night off of Interstate 95, a half hour from his home. The case, another focus on the shooting of a black man by a police officer, had begun to gain attention on social media. And the department was sharply criticized by a county police union official for not coming forward with the facts sooner. Uh, again, sitting back, giving you an opportunity to pre-create, if you will, a story of what happened. Uh, it goes further to say the investigation of the shooting is being conducted by the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office, a different agency. So the chief stressed that this knowledge of the shooting was limited. Uh, he offered his condolences to Mr. Jones' family and said the department had tried to meet with him. Um, and I'm going to just go ahead and, and, and read what they're saying here. No matter what the circumstances turn out to be, uh, his is, is a tragic loss of life that affects all of us. That's what the chief went on to say. Uh, it says here that Mr. Jones was on his way to his home in Lake Worth uh, from playing with his band. Future presidents, when his car broke down, his family told the uh, WPBF television station about 3.16 a.m. at the southbound exit near PGA Boulevard, uh, Officer Newman K. Raja stooped. Stop, excuse me, stopped to investigate what he thought was an abandoned vehicle on the darkened rep. Chief said that as Officer uh, Rogers stepped out of his vehicle, he was suddenly confronted by an armed subject. Now, how do you know that? Wow. Now, here's the thing. Hello, Lamont. Here's the thing. Um, he was not in a police car. So, I mean, if it's 3 a.m. and you're being approached by somebody, if, sure. he, if he did have a gun, he's trying to protect himself. He's sure. broke down in the middle of, uh, of the road or whatever. Sure. He's waiting on a tow truck, and somebody just starts coming up to you. And Whoa. And please, Jeanette, to that point, that makes perfect sense, Cliff. Yeah. If, if, if I'm out broke down, and this is in uh, Florida. Yes. We're not talking about the backwoods of a, of a country town that's closed down at 9 o'clock at night. 
This is Florida. Uh, high crime rate in the in the state of Florida. This is where Trayvon Martin got shot. Well, got down. shot Thank dead. You. So so if, you got if, a str- real quick, Cliff, and I'm gonna let you go to that. You have a strange man approaching your car in the dark. I bet I believe I'm gonna grab my gun that I just purchased. That's right. That's Absolutely. why I got it. You you come approaching my car in I plain look, clothes I look and an back and car. say, "Who is this at three in the morning?" You're absolutely right. I'm going to pull out my gun. I'm getting out of my car, and I'm going to say, right. hey, man, what do you want? What are you doing? Sure. Why are you this close to me? This plain clothes cop. Now, they're going to say he identified himself at least three times to be an off-duty officer. They're going to say that, and he felt threatened for his life. But bottom line, he came to his man's car. He said, I thought it was abandoned. So you're not even addressing the fact, hey, sir, I'm a plain clothes cop. No, you're coming up to this man's car. He's like, who are you? Well, yeah. Why are you creeping up on me? And, yes. Anybody in that situation would grab their gun. He had a right to ask those questions. That's right. And it seems to be that he had the gun in the in the in the, no, box, in the box. So obviously, if you're walking up to my car at three o'clock in the morning, you're not there to sell Girl Scout cookies. Uh, you're there for some other reason. And given the the uh, the crime rate in this country, again, you are not. What are you doing stopping off duty? At an abandoned car. Now, if you saw, you know, a lady with her two kids, you know, with some McDonald's sitting there trying to, and they're crying, they want to go home, they want to go to sleep, they're crying for their mommy. Okay. I stopped and saw a, a car that looked like maybe they were broke down. If you saw an abandoned car, that means you didn't see a person. Right. What are you doing stopping? You're not even on duty. And he did not address himself as a police officer because he didn't think anybody was in the car. Now, you startle this man, he pulls out his gun and then says, hey, hey, what are you doing at my car? And you shoot him. Yeah, and a, notice they declined to say how many times the officer fired. Well, it's a there. They have nine millimeter standard issue guarantee. That was seventeen, 17 warning shots to the face that he gave the man that. Well, way. he says here further, uh, calling the encounter a confrontation. The chief said the officer discharged his firearm, um, uh, resulting in the death of Mr. Tory Jones. He did not say what prompted the officer to fire. Well, why not? It was a black N- man. Number one. Uh, uh, in danger while being black uh, would be the, the definition of that. The chief said the officer's unmarked vehicle was not equipped with the dashboard camera. Why not? Wow. So if you're not equipped for an, a, a dashboard camera, then you're not in the du- you're not in the position or in the uh, duty of an officer. That was the justified murder vehicle. The, well, unbelievable. Yeah, there it is. It says that here is when that officer should have called another. Yes. Uh, you know, marked car and say, hey, I'm out here. I see this car. I think it's abandoned. Why don't you come out here? I'm not going to step out yet. I'm going to wait for you to get here because I'm in a plane car and I don't have my uniform. All I got is my gun. I'm going to wait for you to get here. We can look at this together. But, but no. why did the officer fire the gun? Well, it, uh, it's already been confirmed that uh, Mr. Corey never uh, fired his. So why did you just... Oh. Un- he never fired at him. But but you, you're upset that he comes you as you walked upon me in the dark. Well, ladies and gentlemen, make no mistake about it. Uh, we'll be continue talking about this story. And tonight, as the fire heats up in AJC Radio studio, another black man dead at the hands of an officer without a clear explanation. Coming up, we're going to dig into the corruption, the homeowners association, the harassment, the racism, the discrimination on a one, not only one lady, but namely. Pastor Rose Banks here in Colorado Springs and also LaWanna Clark has dealt with some issues that simply don't make any sense. 
We're going to dig into that level of corruption, the racism, the hard remarks, the underlining tones that tell us one thing. Racism is alive and well in the United States of America. We're going to dig into it. Ladies and gentlemen, hang on to your seats. We are going to dig and take a trip to the Homeowners Association, and you're going to be shocked, or you may not be, at what you're getting ready to hear. Stand by. We're coming back here on AJC Radio. With one call, you don't have to be a victim anymore. These fights are getting worse. I don't know what to do. With one call, you can end the cycle of violence. We're glad you called. The first thing we want to do is to ensure your safety. With one call, you can change everything. To speak to a domestic abuse victim advocate, contact your local family advocacy program. Do you know anyone who's been sent to prison who's innocent? The United States is experiencing record numbers of exonerations in cases where people were wrongfully convicted of crimes they did not commit. If you believe that no one should be sent to prison for crimes they didn't commit, there is something that you can do today. By remembering a just cause with a monthly, annual, or one-time donation, you can help in the fight against wrongful convictions. Call a just cause at 855-529-4252 or visit a-justcause.com and click the donate button. A just cause is a 501c3. Wrongful convictions are wrong. Let's be the voice of those who can't speak from behind the wall. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to AJC Radio, and tonight, take a trip to the Homeowners Association, the abuse of power that is happening across this country in regards to citizens 
who are being discriminated against, being treated as they are under a dictatorship, and African Americans, Mexican Americans, Cuban Americans of every race, of every ethnic background, are being targeted. Because the bottom line is, is that there's some folks in the neighborhood that don't want to see an African American move into their neighborhood. Therefore, the Homeowners Association is being used as a tool of discrimination. And Cliff, as you were saying earlier, because there is no governing body, unless you pursue steps to take against them for actions of discrimination, there is no regulation to these people. But secondly, they are the na- the very neighbors in which that have a problem with you are part of the homeowners association. That's right. So you cannot, if, if your neighbor is jealous of you, is mad at you, has whatever type of issue, just doesn't like you for the color of your skin, your religion, your creed, whatever, your nationality, that person is biased. They cannot... You cannot allow them to say, okay, I'm bringing a complaint against you just because I don't like you. And the Homeowners Association allows just that, that your neighbor can open up a complaint and the Homeowners Association, God forbid you have one of them who's prejudiced or doesn't like you or is jealous of you, then they can they can basically sanction you for whatever reason they deem necessary. And then you have to go through a legal battle to fight for just foolishness on what they want to do. That's, that's uncomprehendable. And, uh, you know, we have some emails and things and information, Lisa, uh, that you and I had been discussing earlier, where it is clear that discrimination and hate, this is hate. So and I was saying to someone today that, you know what, if I live at 2524 Jump Street and you live at 2527, I could care less what's going on in your house and what trees you have and what plants you have. And this is uncomprehendable. And we're going to let you hear a clip later on in the program. A young man uh, across the country actually went out and planted some flowers around his house. And uh, there was a dead area where there was nothing planted there. He said, well, what I'm going to do is plant 132 flowers. To make that place look really, really nice, that the neighborhood looks good. Do you know that the homeowners association, somebody looked out their window and filed a complaint against him, and and he was fined in the amount of seventy two hundred dollars. And basically, he was told, "You either pay the initial fine, or we will charge you a hundred dollars a day until you pay the fine off." Because this man said, "I am trying out of his own pocket." He paid to make the neighborhood look good, and the Homeowners Association says we don't want you to do that. But the Homeowners Association are neighbors that don't have the, the kindness in their heart to reach out and fix a messed up area. So if you, they don't want to give any money to fix the situation, we will make your life a living nightmare because we don't want you getting the credit for it. This is insanity. You know, I'm starting to think we're on a schoolyard in junior high elementary school crap here. A bunch of little jealous kids running around doing things out of spite. Now, it's not only the jealousy, Lisa. They're bullies. We got a young lady that happens to be black. 
you know, call it, look, we're going to call it what it is. What is a darkie doing up in Pine Creek? That's the thought process from some of these folks out here who got a problem with colored folks. And I'll tell you right now, you are a sick individual. The bottom line is, we are not going to not to stand idly by, and while you sit up in a racist, bigot attitude, and you harass this lady who has done nothing, honestly, Lisa, has valued the property area up there with what she's done. Absolutely. You've increased the value by far. You've increased the value. House is impeccable. I mean, the lawn's kept up, and one of the ladies, Lisa, made a statement about a landscaping truck parked outside, and uh, actually, if I'm not mistaken, made a call to the contractor. Oh, yeah. And said, we need you to move your truck. What are you doing during the day while you're looking out your front window at what's going on in Mrs. Banks' house? This is uncomprehendable. And uh, we're going to get into that. Lisa, uh, one of the emails, uh, and, and if you'd like to uh, share it, there's a few things in here uh, that are just unbelievable. And, uh, again, we'll be, we're going to be having uh, Pastor Banks coming on, and she's going to uh, uh, let you folks hear of some of this stuff. Lisa... I believe the one I'm, I'm referencing here uh, is when uh, it looks like the lady actually sent a letter uh, of complaint and said that she had pulled it out in front of Miss Banks's house. But the language is of such that it, it rings racism. It, it's not about, oh, we, we are really just trying to enforce the association's rules. It has nothing to do with that. Uh, so, Lisa, and, and as we get that information together, folks, feel free to call in and join into the information, uh, join into the phone call. Uh, and you can call us in at 347-838-8976. That's 347-838-8976. And uh, this is one of them here. Uh, and it states here, this is the actual complaint uh, Cliff uh, just alerted me to. Uh, and this is what they say about Miss Banks, that uh, cars parked all over, explanation point. They are parking against the sidewalk instead of the island and are blocking her driveway. She is repeatedly... Asked them to move, but they have not yet moved vehicles. Big boys landscaping and care taker during the day. Uh, and on, on, this is way back. This is 1221. I guess sent memo to all residents, uh, reminding them of the parking on the street and inside of the island curb. Uh, these are one of these things that, um, Lisa, <laughs> when you hear that, you know, you know the name that's, that's painted on the truck. Mm-hmm. It's not that you just asked, you know, you drove by and saw something. You must be in your house and do not have a life. Absolutely. And where? Tell me where? You, where, are you, where are you expecting the landscaper to park? Yeah, because I mean, to, to put this in context, now think about it. You have a community; it's being built. Landscapers are coming in. They're coming in. They got rocks on a truck. They got another truck with mold. They got another truck with with trees. They got another truck with flowers. You're talking about work trucks. At some point, they're going to have to back up into the yeah. yard to unload. At some point, they're going to have to park those trucks and say, okay, now our workers will unload these one at a time. So you get somebody who's just basically, you look at this woman, she's just sitting around in the house and and, and watching and just jealous saying, okay, why are they parked all the street? Well, where do you want them to park? These are work trucks. There is construction going on. That's like saying... Somebody's getting their driveway done. Why is there a concrete truck out in the middle of the street? Well, where do you want him to go? Where would you have him put a work truck? It's totally ludicrous. You have uh, the bottom line is these people are are jealous, yeah. hateful, yeah. and the racism is 
I mean, it is it, it's going off like a firework. It is totally insane. Oh, uh, it's, it's just one of those things that you sit back and you wonder, again, get a life. Exactly. Get a life, man. And, and you know what? You know, it's one thing if you have eight or nine cars, they're seven days a week. Uh, they're parked there all day, all night. And we, what's going on over there? Number one, it's none of your business anyway. But we'll say this anyway. What is it to you? I, I don't. I don't understand. And the homeowners, I got. I got to share this. Hold on, but my, yeah. my, hold on one second before you go there. Mm-hmm. This woman has her house. It's built. She had it built on a corner because she has a lot of people coming over. She didn't want to be blocking anyone's driveway, and she knows she has people there on a regular basis. So she's on a corner. So her house has a large area on the side, large area in the front, so people can park on the street and not be blocking anyone else's driveway. So nobody's mm-hmm. she's not blocking anyone's driveway. No one ever blocks anyone's driveway. Well, I said she but, has plenty of space around her <laughs> house, which is why she's on a corner lot, so that she can have that space. Well, here's the the issue, young to the lady or uh, the gentleman that wrote the report. Uh, this is this is uncomprehendable. Uh, it says here this is an email from Rachel Hunger uh, that went to a it looks like a Deidre Deidre Long. Uh, and she says this, good afternoon, hope your Monday is going well. I seem to have caught the Monday cold, you know. Sunday evening you start feeling sick. Anyway, while on inspection the other day, I noticed that our friends, Mrs. Bank, Mr. Walker, have installed a storm door on the front entrance. Please, and she has it written like P-L-E-E-E-E-A, I mean just stretched out. Wow. Tell me they have an approval somewhere in the file. And this is definitely not urgent, so let me know whenever you get a chance or the courage to venture into what is now probably a monstrosity monstrosity, of a file. If they don't have an approval, no need to worry. The issue will be pursued by the bot squad, exclamation point. Yeah, for you, but for me, it's like, oh, so-and-so. And she uses a, a, is it an expletive? Uh, You know what? Well, let me... Now, now, Lamont, I, I got the uh, this uh, association's community guidelines for the, the homeowners association up there. And under one of the sections for storm doors, it says storm doors must complement the door color or the door trim color of the home. Now, you say, okay, it has to be the color or the trim color. If it, This is not a door that was the, uh, a brown house with a purple door. A greenhouse with a bright red door. This, the color of the door, it's a, it is a wooden door, a natural wooden door. How, how can it not complement? I mean, every house that you look at typically has a wooden door. How do you say, okay, a storm door, for those who may not know, is a door that has you know, a nice glass uh, working in the middle in the face of the door? You are complaining, say, okay... What do I need to have written to say that I can put a door on my look, house? Look, number one, you know, in your little Honda, whatever you drive, uh, whatever, you know, you are a disgrace to the system. And the, the, the sarcasm, Cliff, Lisa, Jeanette, in this, and folks, we're getting ready to hear from uh, uh, Pastor Banks here momentarily, uh, but I'll tell you what, uh, the fact that, that the language, Lisa, in this, uh, our friends. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Banks, the mm-hmm. sarcasm, and you, she might as well have said our black African American 
N-word that color lady, has yeah. an issue. Let's just call it what it is. Maybe you you have a screen door, or maybe you don't have one, and you got a problem with somebody having one, and perhaps you live in an apartment that doesn't have it. Get over yourself. While you continually set out to harass this woman. Ladies and gentlemen of America, right now, we're going to be joined by Pastor Banks, and we're going to let her tell of these insane and the treatment and the harassment and the racism she's gone through. Let's go ahead. Uh, yes, uh, Pastor Banks, you are live. Uh, I know you have had just biting your tongue waiting to come on the air. So you're live now. Go ahead. Yes, thank yes. you for thank you for allowing me to, to, to uh, call and show up. This is God. We have problems with that. Do you have your? Uh, do you still have your other line open to the show? Or or you listen to it online? That might be what you're hearing the echo. I'm listening. I'm on my cell phone. Okay, you sound good now. Okay, she's fading in and out here. Maybe she can call from her landline. No, you you uh you sound. One second, folks. If you want to dial back from your landline, and then we'll bring you right back on if you want to do that. Okay, I'll do that. Okay, we'll talk to you in a moment. Yeah, and that and the, with the cell phones, Cliff, it's, the weather, it's, it's storming here in Colorado Springs. Cell phone may uh, be affected uh, as far as that. So, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Banks is going to be uh, coming back with us. Uh, cell phones are unpredictable as much as we need them, and we yeah. can't live without them. Uh, that's why you have the good old landline to sure. pick up as an alternative. But, Cliff, as we were going into the storm uh, door situation uh, as far as the screen uh, and those things, uh, I'm saddened tonight that uh, that Pastor Banks has had to endure this type of harassment uh, from an organization. And all she's trying to do is enjoy her days and enjoy the home that, that she's purchased. And, Lamont, I had the opportunity to drive through that neighborhood. And I uh, tell you what, uh, that house is probably not probably that house is the nicest house in that area so for her to be like you said sarcastic with the what does she call it monstrosities or yeah her file uh, that she's in she's a troubled child so to speak yeah that Um, there was nothing wrong with that door it was beautiful and the thing is i mean you look at this yard and it's not like i mean this isn't a sore thumb out of joy i mean this is somebody who says i want to enjoy my dwelling place I want to. I'm enjoying what I have, and the amount of jealousy and hatred is just—it is phenomenal. When you read some of this stuff, it's uh, it's just totally out of control and sickens you, uh, for what is supposed to be called equality in America. And we have uh, Pastor Banks back on. Uh, Pastor Banks, you are live. Let's see if that connection's better now. Yeah. Um, I want to say from the time that I moved into Pine Creek. I was immediately starting to be harassed from the time that they said, if you come up here, you have to have a landscape plan or else you have to pay $4,000 until the landscape uh, plan is done. But if you have a landscape plan, then you can you have to pay a $2,000 deposit, and upon completion of the landscape, 
then you would have to, then they would refund that um, $2,000 back. They would not give me mine back. After it was finished, they said you had to have at least two trees, if I remember right. And I had somewhere around maybe 15, uh, 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 I can't remember the number now, but uh, it was it was multiple number of, of, of bushes and trees that I had. I and they wouldn't give me my money back. I had to get an attorney to fight and give me my $2,000 back after it was done. Then, uh, shortly thereafter, uh, they said, what kind of fence you have to have up? So we put up the fence according to what they said, and also the color of uh, what it, uh, how, 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 I mean, to have it painted. So we go to the store, we call them to get the, uh, the number or the code number or whatever for the paint for the fence. So we go up to, I think they went up to Home Depot, or I'm not sure now because it's been uh, several years ago. But they went up there, and the number that we showed them, they said that they've been having not good reports on it. And so they have replaced it, which is identical, the same color, but it's a different type of paint that lasts longer because of the sun that's up here. So we put, we got the paint, we painted the painted the fence, and this uh, man that lived behind me, who was a, an extreme racist, I think the fact that I was on the corner and he was behind me was killing him. Because most of the time they're in the front and we're behind. And um, uh, his wife uh, writes a complaint. All I know, his, his name was Rich. I'm not sure exactly what uh, her name was. It's, on, it's, in the, it's in the file, though. And uh, she called them and said that they should come up here and check my fence because I didn't, I didn't paint my fence. Uh, the color that it said it didn't match the golf course. Furthermore, I'm not on the golf course, but it did. It was the same green. If you drove through here, you would not know any different from my fence than anybody else's fence. And she said I painted the live green where she is stuck. Uh, there's no way that she couldn't be completely blind. If she called that lime green. It was exactly the green of everybody else's fence. And then Ms. I got Ms. this notice in the mail that says to me, there's been a complaint that I didn't comply with the fence color. I, I told them that's what we asked for, that's what they replaced it with, and it was identical the same. Well, they threatened me that if I didn't change uh, the color of the fence, which I was not going to do, that they would come up here and paint it for me. And I, and I told them in no uncertain terms, I said, if I were you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't come up to my house and think you're going to paint anything up here. And so that just kind of died out a little bit and didn't get very far. And so then I get, I have the landscaping done. Well, the landscaper was the one who suggested uh, to put the white rock down because of the ivory a trim on the house, he said he thought it would look very well. So after doing that, 
And then I get to notice that a white rock is not allowed up here. And it wasn't really white rock, it was more ivory. And so they said it wasn't allowed. I said, okay. So I talked to the landscaper, and he said, I don't know why uh, there's a problem. This looks, it, 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 uh, it really adds to the house, you know, because it's the same color scheme. And so then they, I got a letter, and they're telling me that I either get that rock up or they're going to start fighting me for it. Well, I talked to a neighbor, I guess, that lived about three houses down on Deerglass, and asked, and somehow was talking about the rock situation. And he said, well, you ought to ask them just let you overlay the rock. That's what they let us do. And see, I'm only black up here in this area. Recently, there was another black further over, but all these years, since 2001, I was the only black up here. So, so, the, so, so the white neighbor said to me, he said, well, they let us overlay ours when, when they said ours was the wrong color. We didn't have to take up any rock. We just overlaid it. So I called them and said, well, is it okay if we overlay the rock? Uh, to the proper color instead of interested in trying to take up a couple of tons of rocks? No, you can't do that. You're going to take up every rock up there. And I said, well, why did you let the man down the street? Why did you allow him to overlay his rock, but I can't overlay mine? Well, we don't want to discuss it. You just get it all up. Well, I didn't. I overlaid it because... Uh, what we had to go through to try to get all that rock up and back on the truck or something, it was just going to be too much. So we went, we went on and overlaid it anyway. Well, shortly thereafter, uh, I didn't hear any more about the rocks, but then on my front porch there's two lions on the porch, large lions. They weigh about 500 pounds each. And very elegant for the porch, very elegant. I didn't do anything in this neighborhood that would that would minimize uh, how nice the neighborhood would look. In fact, I'm, I'm I'm more confident that I did something that even made it look even better. And so then they said, "We don't like your lions. Get rid of them." And I just told them, "I'm not getting rid of my lions. They 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 don't do anything bad to the neighborhood, and and they compliment the house." Well. They wrote me about that and started sending fines to me. Then I had a, a, a beautiful butterfly bench sitting in the corner of the porch. And they said, then, um, we don't like your butterfly bench. We want you to move it off the porch. Well, you didn't ask these people up here to take these ugly big bears standing on their porch and crazy old rustic uh, Colorado-looking stuff. Uh, I wanted my, my bench on the porch. It, it wasn't. It didn't take away from the neighborhood. It, it added to the porch. And so many people kept saying, sometimes people stopped and said, could you tell me where you got that, that butterfly uh, chair? It's like a chair with wide wings on it. Uh, and I would not tell them I ordered We had ordered it. They said, it's so beautiful. Uh, it's only the white, jealous-hearted people who are racist people who, did not, who didn't like anything that I did. Now, when I got ready to put the storm doors up, I thought, well, let me try to see before I put these up if there's a certain rule for these because it seemed like I'm messing up everywhere for as they're concerned. So I called the homeowners 
association ask them is there a particular type of storm door that that you want people to have on their houses and these were words to me was no we leave that to the homeowner's discretion we then uh, had two custom doors made for the front porch and also for the for the back stairway well i no longer paid for them and put them up before this one woman who used to be here, and she was, oh, my God, she was one of the worst people I've ever come in contact with, and she was just riding me to death on everything. So then she tells me, we don't like your storm doors, and we're going to ask you to take them down. And if you don't, we're going to find you. We'll go right ahead because they're not coming down. I paid for them. I asked you about it. And then you, they read tonight on one, of the, on one of the complaints, please tell me that there's nothing in the file to prove this. Bill. Please tell me that. And, and I'm going by this house again. These people are so out of control. She calls the title company to see who owns the house. What's it to you? If my dog owned it, what is it, what is it to you? And so then she comes back and said, well, she's a tenant there. She, she doesn't own that house. Of course, um, uh, her son, uh, 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 it's his mother who owns the house. Well, it was not my son. So I don't know where she got the information from. And she said, what do you think about that? Well, I think they really thought I was one of these black people that was going to tuck my tail and run. And let me tell you, they were in for a rude awakening because I don't like to move anyway. The house I was in prior to coming here was 21 years. And if you think I'm getting ready to come up here and you're getting ready to make me run, you better think again. And so I, didn't, I said, no, I'm not going to do it. I had to pay an attorney to fight it. That I'm not taking down my storm doors. I'm not removing my lions off my porch. And I'm tired of you driving by my house and telling me what you don't like about it. It's not your house. So whatever I bought to put on my porch or whatever, I didn't buy it because you liked it. I bought it because I liked it. And one of the neighbors that was across the street from me said, you know what? He said, I, I asked him one day, are you paying the lease payment on this house or am I paying it? I mean, paying the, paying the house payment or am I paying it? He said, I'm so tired of this harassment, but the harassment for me was way over the top. So I went and asked one of the neighbors when they were asking me so much about the landscape. I said, so did y'all have to, get, did, did, did y'all have to turn in a plan for them to prove? She said, no. She said, we just came up here. We didn't even have a plan. So you didn't have to pay any money? No, we didn't have to pay anything. And we, me and my husband went out there, we, and we did our own that, uh, uh, landscaping and, and fixed it up and decorated it, and nobody ever had anything to say about it, and we never asked them what they thought about it, and we never paid a fee for it. So then why am I being, why am I being given these fees? And so, and a woman that says, outright liar, when she said, we blocked, all these cars up here blocked driveways, and she's asked us to move. Nobody ever asked me or anyone parked at my house to move because their, their driveway was being blocked because we never blocked anybody's driveway. And so when the, when the landscaping people was here 
sometimes when they're walking around, I have no control over which way they come in or whatever. I don't even remember that they were even in front of somebody. It's been 14 years now. So I think by now, if they haven't got it, you might as well get it because Rose Bank's not going anywhere. And, and, and if you want to fight, we fight. We're not, I'm not going to just give in to you while you harass me because I'm black. Because you happen not to like black people. Well, I kind of like my blackness, thank you. And I don't have to lay in the sun and bake to get a little tone to my skin. You know what? It really makes me, it really makes me understand how racism is because you uh, white people, not all of them. I've met some, some great white people. Don't have any problem. My grandfather was white. I don't have any problem with white people. And... But what always baffled me is that they never liked us because of the color of our skin, but they lay in the sun and bake for hours trying to get brown like we are. And then uh, we, 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 most of us, a lot of us blacks is part of, our, part of us just being black, have larger lips sometimes. They go and get theirs pumped up. Is it that you're so jealous of how we look until you just got a problem? And so I thought, my God, they're pumping their lips up, they're, they're curling their hair, they're laying in the sun, and they're trying to get a tail. What is it? If you hate us that much, why do you want to get, try to look like us? And so I made up in my mind, I'm not going to let these people bother me. No, whatsoever. I have, this is where I want to live. Uh, I, I, my husband had passed away. Uh, something like seven or eight years when I moved, a few years when I moved here. And I couldn't skip so long before I'm being harassed constantly. And somewhere they're going to get the message that Pastor Rose Banks is not going to bow to you. And our church came up here. They got so bad that our church came up here and marched in the neighborhood with signs telling them to leave their pastor alone. And we were not uh, giving anybody a hard time. We were saying to you, get off of us. Leave her alone. Let her have, have her rest. She, she's a widow. She hasn't been long lost her husband. Now she's got to come up here because you don't like me so that I'm supposed to just run away. I'm not running anywhere. We had, we had, we were our, our attorney fees, fighting them. We won every one of them, and I didn't move anything. Well, the back of my house uh, gets the evening sun, which is very, very hot. And so we had an awning put up. Awnings are fine, they say, as long as, as the color scheme uh, matches the house. Uh, the, the, uh, the guy that put the awning up came out with the samples. We put it upside the wall. We, we looked at the trim. We got it exactly the way it should have been done. Then they tell me, take your awning down. We don't like it. I'm not taking nothing down after we paid money to have it installed. And anything I do has to complement the outside of the house so that the neighborhood can look really nice. And it really irritated me to think, you know what they say about blacks all the time? Well, a black's moving in. There goes the neighborhood. 
Well, that well, I sure proved to you that you were a liar. Because all blacks don't move in and the neighborhood goes to pot. In fact, my yard and my house looked better than all of them. And I wasn't even trying to do it. Then they tell me they didn't too much like the color of my house, which is a peachy-looking color. I thought, well, I picked it off of your board. So if you didn't like, if you didn't want a peach house up here, why did you include peach color on the color board for us to uh, 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 to pick from? And so they didn't like that. It wasn't quite their vision. You know, there's something wrong with with a lot of white people, and not all of them. As I said, I say again, there are some good, decent people. There are some up here who have who have treated me nice, and they've spoken to me, and they compliment the yard and the beautiful flowers. Those are the people that don't care whether you black, white, red, or yellow. There's few of them up here, and so, but there's one senior couple that passed by. They always stop to say how beautiful the yard is. The yard is kept manicured. Uh, to, I mean, to the dime, everything is in place. You couldn't come up here and say, I got brown spots in my yard and I need to do this. Oh, they love that. They say, see, just like I said, if black people come to the neighborhood, there goes the value of your property. In fact, you probably cheapen my property with what you got sitting up here. And I thought, I don't care what they think. But every spring... Every spring, the yard is beautiful. It has beautiful flowers and colorful. None of them have that up here. And if they don't want it, that's fine. And when I do it in my yard, I'm doing it for Pastor Banks, not for you. I think they would have tried to do something about the flowers, except they would look like a stupid fool around here complaining about a colorful, pretty landscape yard. And I think that's the only way they didn't say about that. Uh, I think they would have wanted to. But it's like, okay, how do we deal with this one? Well, I'll tell you how you deal with it. You go home, shut your door, get your raggedy butt in the bed, and leave my house alone. Because you're not going to make me run anywhere. I talked to one neighbor. He said, I've been harassed up here, uh, nowhere close to me. And he said, I just, something I just think about moving away. I said, nobody's making me move. I'm going to be here. You know what? Even if I wanted another house and, and, and the church bought another parsonage or whatever, I'd keep this house on this corner just for the heck of it. I'd keep it here and decorate it every Christmas because you have the nerve to fight even that. I, after my husband passed away, I never would celebrate Christmas because he always did all the outside decorations. When I finally went through the process of being healed inside, I decided we'll decorate again. And then I had a neighbor, too, that would say something to me, comical, and they were having fun with me, and that was fine. But for the majority of these people up here, oh, I'm telling you, I don't know why they don't get some... Hoods and start walking the neighborhood because this is Ku Klux Klan up here. And I don't care what they think about me because I am so glad that I learned early in my life I don't need your approval to define who I am or whether I'm acceptable or not. I don't need that from you. I am complete and whole within myself. 
And I hope every person, that Miss Warren just, just went crazy doing this stuff. During the process, she had to leave because her son passed away. And sometimes it makes me wonder, did God say, I'm a little bit tired of you bothering uh, my pastor who's not bothering anybody. And now you're not going to be here. So now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to somehow let you experience some pain. While you're trying to put it on this pastor who has not bothered anybody up here, I stay in my house, I come out, I go to church, I come back home. I don't bother anybody. If they speak to me, I speak to them. But for as the things that they have done to me up here, it is ridiculous. And I'm telling you, to this day, under the on the deck, we had uh, uh, some lamps brought, brought in for the top deck and the lower deck. They look like palm tree lamps. That's what they look like. And and they had a real soft light at night because there is no light up in this area at all. It's very dark up here if you don't have some type of light. And I'm telling you. When I talk to the talk to the man about my about my uh, my my lamps that look like little palm trees sitting back under the deck, not a part of the landscaping. They say you can't put artificial stuff in the yard in the landscaping. Um, okay, we we abide by that. And I bought me uh, two or three of those little those yellow lights. They were so beautiful at night. Uh, they don't like my yellow lights. You know what he said? This is Colorado. We're Coloradans, he said. And we we want our state to look like Colorado. Since when did you own the cotton picking state? Okay. And I thought that you want the state to look like Colorado? I'm not I don't cover the whole state. So I don't think you ought to have those those palm tree lights. We don't want we don't want anything in Colorado looking tropical. Who asked you? <laughs> I didn't ask you whether or not I could have a little tropical uh, uh, light on my deck. You know what you need to do? Whoever you are, there's a bunch of crazy name people that's in this. I hope y'all call all them's names that's on the papers that you have there. Uh, who told you? Who made you God to say what a person can have and can't have? That's my money I'm spending. I buy an ugly old beat-out lamp if you give me the money for it. And then, and to be honest with you, I give it back to you because I wouldn't buy it. That was so pretty and delicate. And people came up driving in their cars. They would say, this is so beautiful. And then there was a, a, a waterfall in the backyard. I'm surprised they didn't have an issue with that. I have a fountain in the middle of the yard. And then they made, made the remark, I uh, wish we didn't have a letter put that fountain in there. Well, it's in there. It's not coming out. And so they just, anything they could harass me with, anything. So I, I, I had this little tree. It was, a, it was a light. And I put it on the corner. And it was so pretty. It was magnolia uh, tree. Uh, it was artificial. And it had, but all lights, if you want to be honest, is artificial. They're not real. And so I put it on the corner, and the magnolias would light up at night. And people would stop on the corner, 
And when, if they saw me or met somebody from my house, they would say, oh, my God, that's the most beautiful light I've ever seen. Oh, no, you want to get that light down. That's artificial. Well, then you shouldn't be on the planet because you're artificial. We <laughs> said, so we want to start elimination. Let's start with you. So I went, I went on, took the, floor, took the tree off of the corner, put it upstairs on my deck because it's a beautiful tree. You know what he said? Uh, he, he, he went, we went to court with it, talking about, you know, um, uh, that, that tree had to be moved because it's artificial. So I moved it up on the deck. Then they came back hounding me about the little yellow ones under there. That, and then somebody tried to serve my daughter uh, because they said, you, we're going to find you. We complied. Still sent papers to, uh, to do it. They don't want the homeowners to know up here that they're spending fifteen dollars and $16,000 trying to give this black woman a difficult time. Then you say you want us to pay it? We're not paying anything. So uh, it's the homeowner's money that you're spending up here wasting time because of your own personal racism and your own feeling of superiority that you're better than I am. And I can tell you none of us is better than the other ones except if you are racist, I'm surely better than you because I love all people regardless to who they are. And we went on and took that tree, put it upstairs, and then they came back trying to reserve us again uh, that you're going to pay the fees. We're not paying anything because, number one, you didn't have any right to go to court over it to begin with. All you do is say, well, okay, move the tree. We moved it. So they want to hassle me and hassle me. Uh, may I serve notice on you? I've been here 14 years. I'm going nowhere. They will tell you about the Christmas life that's coming up here shortly, and I'm going to let AJC tell you about that. They, are they went to the police station, and uh, some of the neighbors asked the police, tell her she can't have those, those, uh, all those lights on her house. Y'all are some of the stupidest people I have ever met in my life. Instead of enjoying the holiday, you go to the mall, you got all the beautiful decorations and the music playing and all of this, and everybody thinks it's the greatest thing, except Rose Banks, Pastor Banks. You're not going to have anything pretty because I'm a stay-away white person up here. I don't know how to decorate a little bitty, tiny bush, let alone do what happens at your house. So I'm, I resent you for, for having such beautiful decoration that's touching people's lives, that people are crying when they come by. And, 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 and we took a survey. You'll be hearing that from the show here shortly. Uh, a people that says, thank you. Thank you for doing this for us. My children look forward to this. While we got some prejudiced white people up here who are constantly talking about about the lights. Well, no need of us putting up any lights. She lights up the whole city. Well, isn't that wonderful? That I light up everything so they can see your little dead place with nothing on it? Isn't that nice? So I don't care what you think. I'm going to enjoy my life in spite of the racism, in spite of the hatred, in spite of the jealousy. All those things I will never let deter 
may in any way enjoy the time that God has allowed me to be on this earth. You're going to be the miserable one because jealousy makes people miserable, unhappy. However you would decorate your house wouldn't bother me if you set a satellite lit up to highest price peak. That's your business. Would you please stand back, let people have their life, and you homeowners, why don't you get a life? The truth is you have nothing to do but ride around and see what you can find wrong with Rose Banks. Well, you know what? Let me tell you, I could kill less. What you say about it, how you feel about it, whatever. This is an expression. We have that in this country. Freedom of expression, freedom of speech, of doing what we feel is who we are. If that's not you, hey, that's fine. If you like to decorate one tree, hey, that's great. If I want to decorate my whole yard, that's not your business. I don't care what you do. So I'm thankful for this opportunity to be able to say this. I don't want to take up all of the time, but I want to make sure to tell you about the Christmas lights and how you go to the police station and tell them to make me stop. Police said, uh, I'll, that, she said, I'll tell that lady how to home. She said, in fact, I'll take my children up there every year. So you got the wrong police officer. Maybe I'll look a little further, huh? <laughs> Thank you so much for this time. I appreciate it. Thank you, uh, Pastor Banks, for that. And I'll tell you right now, if you are flabbergasted, uh, Lisa, I don't know what adjective we would use, uh, doing the, some of the review of, of what was going on, uh, Lisa, I showed you some information that the foundation in the culture oh my God. Uh, is insane. And it says here, I'm going to just be brief, we're going to go on the other side of the break. I believe Luana Clark is going to be joining us on the other side of this break. Uh, but it says it goes without saying, uh, for the first few centuries of U.S. history, black people did not own property in large numbers. In fact, they were the property, they were the property that whites owned. Held as slaves, black people were the building blocks of wealth for many white Americans. Fast forward past emancipation, sharecropping, the industrialization of the North, the first great migration of hundreds of thousands of black people from South to the North, and the ensuing race riots, whites, in whites initiated in reaction to the influx of black neighbors. Taken together by the early 1920s, segregation was becoming entrenched in northern cities, and white residents used a number of methods to ensure that blacks would stay in black neighborhoods. These included threats, harassment, offers to buy out black homeowners. And when these didn't work, physical violence, cross burning, the most dramatic bombings, between 1917 and 1921, 58 black homes in Chicago were bombed. One black man, a real estate agent, had his home bombed five times in one year. Other strategies to, to exclude black neighbors were enacted through homeowners associations. They fought for zoning restrictions, offered cash bonuses to black renters to convince them to move out, boycotted real estate agents who sold to black people, and most importantly developed restrictive covenants to prevent sales to black buyers. Restrictive covenants were legally binding agreements that homeowners would not sell their property to a black buyer, nor with their children. The typical covenant lasted for 20 years and was strictly enforced by law. Homeowners who violated the agreement and sold their home to a black household could be sued for damages in court. 
uh, covenants were ruled unconstitutional in 1948, but continued in less obvious form for many years afterwards. Ladies and gentlemen, a culture, a foundation. When you talk about, well, are we still in the 60s? Well, I got a question. Are we in the 1920s? <laughs> That's my question as the harassment of Rose Banks and several others continue to be, to be tolerated by the quote-unquote dictatorship of homeowners associations. We're just getting started, folks. Coming back on the other side of this break, LaWanna Clark shares some insight, and we will share the insight to the famous Christmas house and the attempt to block even that in, the, in a place we call America. Hang on to your seats, folks. The Homeowners Association, you don't notice tonight. We'll be right back here at AJC Radio. Ladies and gentlemen of America, Let's Talk is kicking off on November 10th. Bernard Carrick will be here, former NYPD commissioner, first responder, and best-selling author. He was scheduled for October 20th. Those plans have changed. Come to Colorado Springs Fellowship Church, 7 p.m. Tuesday, November 10th. For further information, call 719-597-8800, 451 Winchon Place. Bernard Carrick, a major force in law enforcement and criminal justice reform. You don't want to miss it. Be there November 10th. We'll see you there. Over a million people are sitting in the prisons of America for nonviolent offenses. That's why I'm asking you to join the American Civil Liberties Union and help us in the fight to end mass incarceration. We spend over $80 billion a year incarcerating people. Alternatives to prison, like community service, drug treatment, and rehabilitation costs less and can turn lives around. It's time for fair justice. It's time for smart justice. And we need your help. gentlemen of America and the AJC family, to all our listeners across the USA, the month of December will prove to be one of reflection. As AJC Radio looks back on a year in review, we will be playing our top eight programs for the month of December. As the holidays approach and the vision for tomorrow begins to set in place, AJC Radio will get you ready. Join us in the month of December listening to our best archive shows Spotlight on Capitol Hill, different members of Congress that have appeared. You don't want to miss it. Happy holidays from AJC Radio. Hello, I'm Miles Lawrence, and I'm a neighbor of uh, Linda and Elliot Lum up the street. And 
Uh, I wanted to share my story about uh, my situation with the architectural committee here. Uh, I was the original homeowner in 1997, and within 6 to 12 months after buying a beautiful house, you have to put in hardscape landscape, which I did, and of course got approved uh, sometime in 1998. Uh, approximately two and a half years later, I got a letter out of the blue within a month of my wedding. So when I got this letter from the architectural committee in January of 2001, it indicated I was in violation of their approved guidelines because the nails on my lion and the whiskers uh, were painted black and not the approved gold color and that I would have to paint those features on this large lion statue uh, gold. Uh, this matter was uh, not provoked by anything I requested in a prior approval. Uh, it was out of the blue, um, you know, unexpected. So of course within uh, a couple weeks of my wedding I decided to go ahead and get this repainted gold. But that, I just wanted to point that out as um, a concern I have relative to some of the microscopic aspects of the architectural committee um, policing uh, a situation that may be a bit overboard. Uh, due process, uh, reasonable opportunities to be heard and noticed uh, are essential for a community to enjoy uh, our, our lifestyle that we have here. And uh, that just seemed a bit over the top to me. And there you have it, the gentleman I was talking about earlier uh, in regards to this type of harassment. I don't know if the homeowners association, the neighbors were cuddled as children, or maybe they didn't get enough hugs <laughs> in their lifetime. But I'll tell you right now, this seems to be a over-enthusiastic uh, reach for power uh, and to control. And I said today... If I am controlled, I am in. I if 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 you allow the homeowners association, they will put you in a prison. That's what it is. I cannot do what I want to do, and anybody who wants to drive by the neighborhood in Pine Creek, Pastor Banks's house stands alone. And I'll tell you right now, there is nothing offensive. It is kept up. And again, had she been a person that did nothing with her line, did nothing with anything and said, I just want to do this, they would have had a problem with that. So what you have is, ladies and gentlemen, the underlining tone here is racism. And we need to figure that out of exactly what's going on there. Uh, but I believe it is something that needs to be addressed, must be, must be addressed. And we're going to go into... Uh, a little bit, uh, Cliff, you were talking earlier, and as soon as Cliff makes this point, uh, we're going to talk to you about the Christmas house. And uh, as we approach another holiday season, one of the most um, saddest times uh, for a lot of people who are unhappy, uh, Pastor Banks has been able to bring a sense of hope about the holiday season. And if anybody has an objection, and I'm, I'm a, I'm, I'll tell you right now, I witnessed it myself. People were crying. Uh, one guy hugged me, said, thank your mother for what she has done. And I'll tell you right now, folks, if you take that away, I say what you've basically taken away our heart, and that's not going to be tolerated or allowed. So, uh, Cliff, you were talking in regards to some of the, uh, it, it, the issues, and we're going to name these folks' names in regards to what they said in these emails. Uh, we're going to put the names out there. That's what we do here on AJC Radio. And uh, in regards, uh, Cliff, 
the point you were making to us on break. Go ahead and go into the, I believe it was the fence issue, wasn't it? Right. Pastor Banks had talked about the, uh, you know, the fence and the guidelines that they have for the fence colors. And uh, she passed on to us a list of emails uh, sent by the then president of the Pine Creek Village Association, John Gray. He was the president there. Then we had Linda Warren of the Warren Management Group, who was basically the uh, community manager. Now, between John Gray, Linda Warren, Mike Brennan, also of the Pine Creek uh, Community Management, Jack Sherman, who is the who was the chairman at that time. I don't think he's still chairman, but we can look that information up. But we have uh, those people and also Rachel Con- Conger and Michelle Fagley, who's the uh, who was on the architectural review board. Now, what she was saying there about um, about the uh, the the color of the fence. Right. Now they you know they have the fences to say okay around the perimeter near, mm-hmm. near the golf course they want a fence that looks like the fence at the golf course. That that makes sense. But what is in this email, when you listen to it, you listen to what Pastor Banks said, said that they, you know, they didn't want her, they they said she used the wrong color, or she used the wrong hue. This email here is so telling of how they went out. I mean, this is discrimination. This is, yeah. this is, this is basically a lynch mob. This, this is ridiculous. This is what they said. Uh, they said basically that... Uh, they, that she didn't use the approved paint color, and I'm, uh, I'm, um, you know, paraphrasing there. Mm-hmm. But then they says the language in the guidelines does not specify that the type of finish is to be eggshell, but that is what on the is what on what is on the golf course perimeter fencing. This part, okay. this part, just stabs you in the heart because it says. I have advised the architectural review board to amend their documents to reflect this information. This has never been an issue before. So basically what they're saying is uh, the one on the golf course is an eggshell finish. The resident, Pastor Pastor Banks, painted hers with a, uh, a, a glossier finish because they said the paint would last longer. Now she, Linda Warren of the, of the uh, Warren Management Group, is saying change the guidelines so that it will reflect that you have to use eggshell. So they changed the guidelines to ensure that Pastor Banks is now out yeah, of the compliance. compliance. It's like, well, this is not one of your guidelines, so you change it just so you can come after me, just so you can you can get on a quote-unquote witch hunt just to find something to mess with somebody. It is these type of things that you say, what level of hatred do you have for this? What What is your problem? It, it's got to be jealousy. It's got to be hatred. It's got to be racism to say, we're going to change the rules to now it's going to appear that you broke them so that we can bring sanctions against you so yeah. we can so we can charge you a fine for something for a rule you never even broke it's those type of things that you say this is just this is this is totally insane how the yeah. how is something like a HOA left in place with these type of things going on well, it, it's something that cannot be tolerated folks this is the this is now across the line this is criminal this is criminal and the, at the end of the day Pastor Banks has every right. When you go to the extent to change the language. Right. Now, number one, that's dated. So that's how insane you are. Right. We're going to change it. Change the language. And then we're going to come after Now, what are you going to do now? That's insane. And uh, we have uh, LaWanna Clark. Uh, we're going to bring her in momentarily. Uh, she has some things to say. 
uh, in regards to some things that she has suffered. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what we call the, the land of the free. This is insanity. And uh, 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 Pastor Banks, as I said before, doesn't bother anybody. And uh, we're going to go into the Christmas house as soon as we talk to Luana. Luana, you're on the air live. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just wanted to uh, say when I moved over here to the Saddleback Townhomes, I, um, I, it went from one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing. I was the only black over here as well. I think there's one more black that might still be here. I'm not sure if they just recently moved in. But uh, after 12 years of constant harassment, finally I, we got someone over our association that, that, is, that is considerate and kind, which is a miracle. That does, don't, don't give you a hard time, but it took I don't know how long. When I first moved in, first it was I wanted I put grass carpet on my patio. That was something wrong with that. You can't do that. You're gonna mess up that pad that that concrete. You're gonna I said and and when you get ready to move, you'll have to be sure that that that's pulled up and that you haven't messed up that uh, that. Well, when I move, I'll be selling this house, and whoever buys it might like the grass carpet on there. So I, I told myself I'm not gonna take it off. I'm gonna leave it on there. So that was a complaint for a while. Then they finally dropped that. Then they then they have wood posts that sit on the corners of the patio. Well, they started rot rotting because they used the cheap wood when they put it on there. So I I, I explained to them. I said I told them about. It, I said I need to get this repaired because the, the, the townhouse everything on the outside is usually repaired by. Uh, by this association or what have you. So they said, yeah, we're going to get to it. We're checking on it. We're, we're trying to work on the other ones and what have you. I said, okay. So I kept waiting and waiting. I didn't even want to go out there because it looked so bad. So I thought, well, I'll just call somebody out that can fix it up and, you know, make it look, put, redo them and make them look good so they don't even have to worry about it. So when I did that, that was wrong. You shouldn't have done that. We need we we tell you who to use. We use the man we use, and we have to be sure that the person is is uh, what certified or or uh, is is covered under protect whatever it is. And I said, well, he is. He he's a handyman that that is in in the Better Business Bureau and all everything that needs to be. He is. He did the work. Some neighbor called and told him I had him up here working. So that was a problem. But he fixed it. He did a great job. It stayed until they finally changed all of them to something even stronger. Okay. Uh, now, then start to that point, yes. really, and I'll let you pick up. Uh, so apparently, Cliff, Lisa, uh, Jeanette, Miss Clark, they, they did they think you didn't uh, finish uh, grade school? That you don't I have to all and uh, verify, and they probably were shocked that you said the Better Business Bureau. Oh, you actually can speak English and pick up and use a phone. This is insanity. So they treat, you, they treat you like that. I, I just had to add that in. Please go ahead. Yes, yes. And so, uh, and I've always had, um, I've always, and then you won't believe this. Somebody, I can't remember which one it was because it's been a few years ago, said, well, you, you know how you crack your garage door because you start your car up when it's cold. Right. And so the exhaust that was coming out, they had the nerve to tell me, do you have to raise that and let that exhaust come out into the air? Are you serious? Oh, no, I'd rather Where else? Where is it? Am I supposed to leave it closed and choke to death? No, or die? Everybody die. lets their, 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 they warm their car. Most of the cars are sitting outside to be warmed. Oh, yeah. So the exhaust is coming out. That's where it's supposed to go, outside, not inside. So they didn't like that. And said, well, there's, there's, they said, could you please? I said, no, I'm going to open my door and let the exhaust out. I'm not, I mean, some stuff is just over the top. It's just over okay. the top. 
and then uh, um, and then at Christmas it was it was. I mean, because I decorate the whole outside of my house. I don't have a, it's not huge. It's a small town. It's a townhome. But it's, it's beautiful front and back. And so I, I, that's me. I love Christmas. I love to decorate. And so um, so I just, it, it was beautiful. It was decorated nice. I was getting slack about you better not leave holes in that wall, in those wall, those, uh, that, that siding. You better be sure such and such a thing. And this is just, and then you're putting it up too early. Well, I wasn't putting it up too early. My friends came over to help to decorate to get it set up the week before Thanksgiving. We did not turn on the lights until after Thanksgiving. So they didn't like that. Well, you shouldn't be putting that up. You just, so I don't, I just started ignoring it. I thought this is ridiculous. And then and then uh, most neighbors would come and say, Oh my God, we look forward to this every year. It's so beautiful. You make the whole neighborhood look nice. But you got these few. The guys were out there one time decorating, putting the things up, and this this old stupid racist comes by with his dog. This is ridiculous. Ridiculous. This doesn't even make sense. It's not your house. Oh. <laughs> and when I came out there, I said, I need you to get your old, decrepit self on down on that side. If you don't want to see no Christmas lights, if you're a Scrooge, go down to your house and stay away from mine. I'm going to decorate my house. It's, I mean, it went from one thing to the next thing. To the, I had a huge tree out front. Uh, right in front of my house, it's, it's right in front of it. And it used to be small when I first moved, but as the years it grew and grew and grew and just blocked the mountain and everything, is huge. And I thought, boy, that would be pretty with lights around. And so I had a friend of mine that does lights to to come out because it's huge, so you have to know what you're doing to put lights. It was neat. It was beautiful, multicolored lights all over it. Well, did I get a letter? You're not supposed to decorate anything on the common ground. So it's right in front of my house, and my right on the end. I said, okay, it looks so pretty. But so next year, the next year, I thought, just forget it. I won't even, I won't even do it, because then you're not supposed to do that. And then, um, uh, and they said after after ten years of being doing this, for ten years I decorated my house every year. And then on the the, the next year, after ten years, they tell I see people walking around looking at stuff. I thought, what are they looking at? And so then they come and tell me, well. Uh, the, the, the neighbors are worried. They think that your house might catch fire because it's so many lights. And, yeah, it's so many lights, and so you can't. Um, you're gonna have to. We got. I said I had an electrician come out here and check everything. He said there is no danger of a fire from these Christmas lights that are mostly LEDs, which don't burn anything. The regular lights don't. Christmas lights don't have any bunch of pulls. So what is the problem? They wanted to go, wanted me to. I said I'm not taking nothing down, and I left it up the entire time. And I'm going to do. I said till I leave, it's going to be just like this. It's, it's just. And then the one neighbor tells my friend, um, it's always some kind of truck over there, or UPS, or somebody. Every time you look up, she. I think. What do you care about? If I had 50 million deliveries, what's it to you? But wait a minute. So that's, what? that's what tells you. This is about. We don't have a life. You're enjoying yours. You're spending money, which you should. Why? Where do you get money to spend? I guess they're thinking. Well, it's none of your business. This is my money, my house. What I buy is my business. I don't tell you how to spend your money. And if you don't want to spend it, that's your business. But if I want to spend mine, that's my business. It was from one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing. So, and some stuff I probably won't even remember because it's been so much. But finally... It's died down. We got a decent lady over here that's nice and, and understanding and cooperative, and she doesn't pick every little thing to death. 
So I, so I appreciate that. But it's something needs to be done with these homeowners associations. It's just I've heard people's stories and things that have been done to them across the whole United States. It's just every time you hear about it, you think, oh, are you kidding me? These people, don't, they got too much power, just like a lot of these other people got too much power. Because a homeowner should be able to enjoy their home. It's theirs. If they're not tearing up or causing a ruckus or constantly interfering in people's lives or doing things that's going to hurt somebody, why don't you leave them alone? It's well, so unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Thank you for letting me tell, uh, tell my story. Thank you. And thank you, uh, Ms. Clark, uh, for that. Lisa, you had a comment? Yeah, I was going to. As I was just going to tell Ms. Clark, uh, it seems that they've got some mixed signals going on here. One minute they want her to close her garage door so the fumes from her car will kill her, but then they're concerned <laughs> about her well-being with the lights on her house. Which is it? You want me to live or die? Make up your mind. Look, I don't have to be an educated man to know if you start the car, turn on the Lifetime Movie Network... <laughs> And look at the people that shut the car garage down. This is, again, Hollywood. It doesn't take a genius. You don't start your car in a garage with, with no ventilation for the fumes. You die. They call it, I believe, carbon dioxide poisoning, Lisa? Yep, uh, like that. You know, this is just insanity to me. And uh, we want to go now into the, the Christmas situation. Uh, the Christmas house, uh, Pastor Banks was referencing. Ladies and gentlemen, there is not a house like it. In the United States, and I'm, I'm brave enough to say, in the world, people come from international, across international waters, take a look at the Christmas house on Clovercrest Drive, and they come from New York City. I talked to them, said all the lights of Broadway and all the glamour does not compare to what they felt, felt and what they saw at the Christmas house. For several years now, the Christmas house has been touching the lives of residents in the Colorado Springs and surrounding areas for a very long time. Over 10 years ago, Pastor Rose Banks has been bringing the joy and happiness of Christmas to people and children of all races, colors, and all nationalities. The reason for the season display of Christmas lights and the message of Christmas in a spectacular fashion. We thought it would be fitting to let you hear for yourself the enormous impact and dazzling display of the Christmas house is having on our community. Now, we talked earlier, Cliff, in regards to the Homeowners Association folks making complaints about the Christmas lights. Uh, this is where you know it's strictly hate. And I'll just read a couple of these very, very quickly. Uh, one one uh, uh, young man said, I bring my family, and we have been coming for several years. It has become a tradition for us that we've been coming. It has been very inspiring to our entire family to see Jesus in the Christmas message. This is when you hear that and you hear what other people are saying. And there was an 18-year-old boy I had talked to. He said to me, a young man, excuse me, said, I have been coming for three years now, and all I can say is, wow. Excuse me, that's not the one. He says, I was seven years old when he came to the Christmas house. He was 18 years old. He said, I have never missed a year. And one guy, guy even went as far as to say, it is a gift to the community. How in the world? This is how disgraceful this country is becoming. You got a pastor, 70 years old, who lost her husband and decided, after eight years, I believe she stated earlier, uh, she was able to bring Christmas back. And you have people that sit on the sideline and want to criticize her. But I'll tell you what, there are there are cars, there are tour buses, there are limousines that come through that place every year to see the Christmas house. Cliff, your thoughts on this type of 
this is a, this is hate driven to a level that honestly you would think Christmas and the spirit of Christmas would mean something, but when you are full of hate and racism, it doesn't matter, does it? Yeah, I mean, only hate and prejudice can take a, a time like Christmas and uh, you know basically turn it into uh, frustration, into some type of. I mean, you you hear the things that these people have said. Call, how do you call the police on somebody and say they have too many lights at their house? Well, what they forgot was, Cliff, the police officer. And the police officer said, I take my kids I up go. there every year. It is a blessing to me and the rest of the community. You cannot tell a person how they want to express themselves. And that is the thing. It's basically where you say you, where the neighbors are saying, we want to tell you how you're going to express yourself during the springtime with flowers. During uh, the springtime with with, uh, with lamps that look like palm trees. No, we want you to not look like it's anything tropical. We don't want, you know, beautiful, colorful flowers. We don't want uh, Christmas lights. We want you to keep it dread. We we have a Scrooge-type atmosphere over here, and we want to keep it that way. It is it is sickening for one person to try to force another person to be who they are. That That's why we have our individuality. That's why we're in America, because we all have our own God-given right to be who we decide we want to be. And to look at these people and have... I mean, uh, you know, there have been people uh, up at Pastor Banks' house that have come. I mean, I mean, come from another part of, of the world of the of the world to see. But then there's other people who are like in that neighborhood. But I'm talking about blocks, half a mile, maybe a mile away, that come up and say, "We're tired of what you people are doing here." And you and you know what they mean when they say "you people." It's basically you colors, you blacks, you mm-hmm. coons, whatever other words you want to use. Uh, that's a negative connotation for black people. But you look and you say, why have you come from blocks away to bring down the Christmas spirit? Well, what is what is going on here? Well, Colorado Springs resident made the statement, the display of life is a true gift to the community. It brings happiness to my heart. Every year I bring my grandson to see this, and he is so excited to come. Another uh, statement was made I like. This takes the commercial aspect out of Christmas. This makes Christ the center of the season, and we really need that in the country right now. There, and these are uh, Cliff, Lisa, Jeanette. These are there are things going on in the country where they say something has to happen that brings a little bit of healing, a little bit of peace, a little bit of happiness. And one of the one of the uh, residents here in Colorado Springs said, "I look forward to this every year. I've been bringing my family here for the last four years. It has become a tradition in our family. We would not miss it. Thanks for sharing this with us and the community." So over and over again, in my understanding, Cliff, they backed off of that uh, because now you start now you start taking the joy from little children. Right now, now you are you're telling the children that you know what we're going to block your happiness, we're going to block your excitement and your joy when your parents bring you up here every year. We are going to block that. So uh, the association, the Pine Creek Village Association, has uh, I found out today amended some of their guidelines to say when the lights can now be put up. So they have amended it to basically say you can start putting your lights up on November 1st. Now that's in the guidelines. You can start, light them up on the 15th, you can start putting them up on the 1st. You know, and and it it all boils down to, if Pastor Banks had not continued to fight and say, you know, this is what what I am going to do. I paid this mortgage. 
I'm here. I'm doing this for me. And now I've, I'm seeing it as an outreach to the community because the community is responding positively. Sure. I see it as an outreach. You are not going to stop me. And now the association has to basically well. uh, back down. And uh, one of the other things, well, some of the other issues that uh, Pastor Banks had brought up, uh, you know, in the in the guidelines for the homeowners association, they say that if somebody brings a complaint against you, that you have the right that if they bring the complaint to uh, have your complainant come and basically sit in front of you and say, this is why I have a complaint. You basically a neighbor face to neighbor. Accuser. Face your accuser. They have never brought the accuser to the table at every request that uh, that Pastor Banks has had. That show me who's complaining about these things going on at my house. They have never brought that complaining forward. It is in their, is in their guidelines that say that you have that right for your accuser to be present for you to know what the issue is so that in a neighborly fashion you can try to resolve the issue. They've never come forward. And what it basically boils down to is that there is no accuser except the homeowner association members. They are the ones that's coming up and saying, I don't like your palm tree lamp. I don't like the beautiful uh, you know, tree that you put on the corner. I don't like your Christmas tree light, so I'm bringing up these issues against you for no particular reason. I and don't like the color of your skin. There it is well, right there. Well, ladies and gentlemen, look, time flies when you're having fun, and we love to expose corruption on this program, so we call that having fun. Uh, but I'll tell you right now that uh, we're going to – Lisa, it looks like we will need to probably do a part two of this because – it's so much information, and, and the Pastor Banks out there who is doing what she is doing, and Cliff, your point is noted. When you continue to fight and to stand against wrong and know your rights as an individual, our hats off to you, Pastor Banks, for the strength and courage to continue not accepting status quo of racism uh, in your life and in this country. And we look forward to the Christmas lights uh, coming up. We will be announcing that later on in the program. Right now, we take a moment. And thank you, Pastor Banks, for joining us. Also, uh, Lawana Clark for coming online and telling your story. We appreciate that. We now go to the segment, the final segment of the show, What You Didn't Know About the IRP6 Story. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen of America, what is going what is on when innocent, when innocent men get locked away? Get locked away. Ladies, and Ladies and gentlemen, have you stopped have you to ask the question, where is Jesus? It's far it's away. Far away. The, RP6, the RPX, David Banks, David Banks Gary, Walker, Gary Walker, Demetrius, Demetrius Harper, Harper, Kendrick Barnes, Barnes Dave Zapolo, and Clinton Stewart have pondered that question for three, for three years. years. Where, where is justice? Is justice? What you didn't, what you know, didn't know about the about RP6 the case, case is, the question. is the question. We will deliver, we will those, deliver answers those answers on our new on segment, our segment, What You Didn't, what you know, didn't know About the RP6. About the RP6. We, will we will seek and start for justice. For justice. We, will we will ask the tough questions. questions. We will, we will demand, demand answers, answers as justice, as justice lays, lays idle in the streets in the of America. America. We look, we look for the answer. For the answer. What you do about the RP6 case hey, starts now. Start. Well, on the morning well, on the of the I remember someone coming in my office and saying, yes, the I was. And I thought there was a lot of us. 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 I thought there was a lot of
Uh, just the feeling of shock. Uh, day, it really makes me angry. I, mean, I remember being shocked the day it happened. I remember seeing FBI agents running into a building, chasing down, chasing down people. Uh, the events uh, of that day are quite clear to me, uh, and it really brings uh, one to realize in this country uh, you're guilty until proven innocent. Basically, waiting for our morning stand-up meeting we have every morning, and hearing the commotion of uh, all these agents coming to the door. And you know, basically being ordered around into the break room without giving any explanation of what's going on or why or who these people were. It took a actually I remember it took about a minute or two before they even identified themselves as the FBI. The benefit of the doubt was not given to any. It was almost I mean, you want to stand by certain truths about the United States that you know innocent people were guilty. And it was like from the minute they walked in that door and the way we were treated, we were treated as criminals. We were treated as if. Uh, I mean, I, we were treated as if we weren't even Americans, and it, it just shocks you sometimes that uh, when you think back and you, you realize how authority in the wrong hands can, you know, really be, can really take away your freedom. We were out there trying to help them, and they just really tried to demoralize us. Contributing to the development of a lot of those uh, concepts and precepts and the architecture and the technical uh, framework for the software. When I heard about the raid, I thought, how, how weird is this? How ironic is this? Do they want to, what are they doing? And if they, what is the intent? And if they shut us down, uh, could this be um, purposely done? That we're doing so well to help them that they don't want us to do that well? What is there needs to be some justice in this particular type situation. And somebody out there knows something uh, on exactly what happened to our company and what, what reasoning uh, and what events led somebody to come actually uh, do something so sinister to our company and to try to impede our progress. And, and uh, yes, we do believe somebody came in there for the express purpose to acquire our software for illegal means uh, just on the eve of us uh, closing business and having some of the most promising meeting uh, to conclude business that we had ever had in the history of our company. There you have it. Tough questions in need for answers. Lady Justice has gone missing. Where is she? The RP6 and countless thousands are seeking her out. What you didn't know about the RP6 story to be continued. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, what you didn't know about the RP6 case. And uh, as we get into this, Cliff, Lisa, Jeanette, that is the statement. What you didn't know about the RP6 case is that on May of 2009, a federal grand jury number two was impaneled. Government impaled second grand jury, but only calls one witness to testify before the grand jury. That witness was FBI agent Robert Moen. After uh, testimony from Moen and no other witnesses, a USA curse receives his indictment against the RP executives. And Cliff, the first indictment, uh, the, the, excuse me, the first impaneled grand jury came back with this is not a criminal case. Uh, they see no crime here, but guess what? That was because they heard two sides. That's right. They got evidence from both sides of the table. They heard the prosecutors uh, 
spun up make-believe story. And then when they heard the people who actually worked at IRP Solutions, they realized that, uh, you know, the prosecutor's story was fake. So the second uh, grand jury, what did they hear? They heard the testimony from one witness. That witness was an FBI agent. If, if the only person who testifies in a trial is the prosecutor's side, then obviously the pro- then you win that case. Period. You, you cannot say, okay, we have one witness and you're going to get a fair trial. That's not the way that – that's not – that is not reasonable. And so sure. for, to have one witness come before a grand jury and say, basically say, well, these people were committing crime and we know they were committing crime. And so you need to give an indictment to the prosecutor. Then what other outcome well, well, do you think is well, 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 the crazy part about that clip is this. It goes against every action in our court system for fairness. How then, and then it goes back to why I, uh, I believe it was Congressman Hank Johnson, Lisa, talking about totally reforming the grand jury situation because if you say it's fair play on both sides and then you say in the first grand jury they came back said no indictment they were able to hear and make a judgment how then do you let them come in with one witness pro-state pro-government the AUSA curse how in the world do we justify that as far as the process of due, process, of due process and fairness. Lisa, doesn't make any sense, and it goes against everything that they say is what our court system is supposed to be. Yeah, That's makes, what you didn't know. It makes no sense to be able to charge people, to be able to bring charges and get an indictment against, against anybody based on a one-sided story. Any any system that that's going to be effective should have to have both sides of the story heard before any decision can be made. Now, no, they don't get a, a guilty or an innocent verdict off of that. But the fact that you can say, I believe there's a reason to bring you to trial based off of a one-sided story, that's not any more justice than it would be to go into a, a trial and say we're just going to tell one side of the story as they pretty much did with the IRP-6 case. That's exactly what they did. They heard one side of the story, and the judge disregarded everything else. You can't hear one side of the story and come up with a fair, ju- a fair verdict. It's not going to happen. And then you end up, you have to fight for your life off of the lies of one Witness, and and that's the thing. The prosecutor's witnesses can lie as much as they want to the grand jury. The prosecutor yeah. can lie as much as he wants to the grand jury. That's how they get their indictments. And they the come in, they make stuff the up. prosecutor's witnesses can only be tried for lying to for lying on the stand. They can only be tried for perjury if the prosecutor decides to spring them to, to file charges against them for lying when they're the they're the ones well, who told them to lie in the first place. Well, they're not going to do that. Yeah, I'm a, I'm going to bring you bring you up on charges for lying to help my case. They're not about to do that. Well, they incriminate themselves with that. Well, and you can't even call it a fight if you're not willing to let the other side speak there. And they don't want a fair fight, Jeanette. They want to they tie you up, cut, put your hands behind your back, tie them up, gag you, and then beat you down. That's what well, they want to do. The statement of the presumption of innocence, the grand jury sits in a position of a trial. That's what it is. You can call it what you want. If there are jurors hearing information... It is the look, the sound of a trial. Therefore, the fairness and the presumption of innocence, and I guarantee you that's not stated to the grand jury. Ladies and gentlemen, as you come into this grand jury today, the RP6 are absolutely innocent because I have, we have proven nothing. Oh, no. See, that is something that needs to be revamped. 
Because if you're going in one-sided and somebody should be overseeing the conduct, who in that courtroom or in that grand jury room, Cliff, is holding them accountable? The, the person who has the most power in a grand jury uh, impanelment is the prosecutor. That's He's right. running the whole thing. He has full jurisdiction. There's no judge there to keep him in check. He can say and do whatever he wants to. And that is why prosecutors have a 99% conviction rate. Right. Because think? you get an indictment, and the general public says if they indicted you, it must be because you did something wrong. But then you look at the IRP6 and you say, well, there was one witness. Nobody objected. Nobody objected. No that's right. Lie upon lie upon lie upon lie. And nobody said anything except, oh, as a prosecutor, there must be a reason the FBI uh-huh. went after these people. Let's give them an indictment. Well, it, it, it appears to be that it's the, you're in a fight with a butter knife, and your opponent has an Uzi. That's it. Not going to work. Yeah, because uh, the average person is not a ninja. not block bullets with a butter knife. Not with a butter knife. And I, I t- think you're giving them too much credit to say they have a butter knife. They don't even have that. Well, you know, you're unarmed, and, and a good point, Lisa, on that. This is absolutely insanity. What you didn't know about the RP6 story, that in June of 2009, the RP6 executives were indicted on multiple counts of mail fraud, mail and wire fraud and conspiracy to commit mail and wire fraud, which is the throw-to-the-wall stick uh, charge that the government decides to do. Uh, and, and let me break it down, ladies and gentlemen of America. That means if you have a fax machine and a postage stamp, you can be charged with mail fraud and wire fraud. And you know what? Most folks in America don't know that. They think, oh, my God, mail fraud and wire fraud, what's going on? Nothing. <laughs> right? Exactly. Absolutely nothing. You sent an email and sent me a text message, and then I picked up a piece of paper from the uh, post office that you sent me. You're going to jail for mail fraud and wire fraud. Ladies and gentlemen, join us again for the next segment called What You Didn't Know about the RP6. Lisa, the perpetrators of justice uh, who say they are doing the right thing. There are people responsible for this insanity, for the miscarriage of justice as six men languish in prison today as a result of a wrongful conviction. The RP6, Gary Walker, David Banks, Clinton Stewart, Dave Zapolo, Kendrick Barnes, and Demetrius Harper are victims of a system that has failed. Lisa, the perpetrators, who are they? They are U.S. Attorney John Walsh, Assistant U.S. Attorney Matthew Hirsch, Assistant U.S. Attorney Sunita Hazra, Attorney Greg Goldberg, Federal Judge Christine Arguello, Appellate Judge Jerome Holmes, Appellate Judge Bobby Baldock, Appellate Judge Harris Hart, Federal Judge R. Brooke Jackson, Magistrate Judge Craig Schaefer, Court Reporter Darlene Martinez, FBI Agent John Smith, FBI Agent Robert Mullen, Former Federal Agent John Epke. Former Federal Agent Gary Hilberry. Attorney Thomas Goodreed. Attorney Clifford Barnard. Attorney Thomas Richards. Attorney Robert Berger. Attorney Mitchell Baker. Attorney Boston State Jr. Attorney Rick Cornfield. Attorney Mark Garagos. Susan Holland of ETI Professional Services. And Samuel K. Thurman. Betrayer. And Biggest trader in the world. Everywhere. Cliff. Yes. I want to say thank you to <laughs> all of our callers. Get you off guard there, Cliff. Uh, right. I, accidentally, I accidentally put the mute on. I thought I was muted already. But want to say thank you to our callers. We appreciate the information. 
you share with us tonight. To everyone in the chat room, we appreciate all of your interaction. To our production team, Kate Beeson, Captain Powell, Jackson, helping out Ill Skill Girl to control, make sure it is you here what it is we have to say. They got the honeycomb kid. Really uh, knocked it out the park. Now, also, to our production team, the fact that updated information, we can pass that on to you. To the truth, know you're out there. We appreciate it. And thank you for that, Cliff. And uh, you can always, again, go to AJCRadio.com. Uh, all, all our programs are archived there. Uh, also, you can join us on Live365.com. Also, the PRN Progressive Radio Network Sunday mornings. And uh, I'll tell you what, folks, uh, things are heating up on AJC Radio a year to come that will blow you away. And uh, we want to say a very special happy birthday to Janelle Golden, uh, one of our folks here. And uh, we, appreci- we appreciate that. Ladies and gentlemen of America, tuck in, be safe tonight, take care, and we'll see you next time here on AJC Radio. A red-hot neighborhood fight. No When I move to Cuba, I'll speak Spanish. Tonight, the gloves are off, all because of a controversial coat of paint. You'll see this battle between neighbors only on CBS4. It started with a red house neighbors call an eyesore. The color controversy quickly escalated into a war of words where neighbors showed their true colors. CBS Sports Dave Malkoff is live in the Pembroke Pines neighborhood with more, okay? Yeah, you guys are absolutely right. This started because of the color of the house, but it turned into something very different. You have to see for yourself. yourself. So, so what's the what deal? deal? The deal is with so Big Red. Big red. How's that? How's that? Calling, 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 calling to neighbors who neighbors. see the color of their color neighborhood changing. Very 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 my mom. My mom. Fire. Fire. Red. Red. Humvee. Humvee. Go back. Go back. Uh, the Redlands, uh, the, where you came the from. Ariana Mesa came from, ironically, the Redlands section of Miami Day. Her family came from Cuba. Cuba. Now she's now in the Red House. Red house. That's the wrong color wrong. for some of these neighbors. I am trying to live here because I'm getting married and moving. So you want to, you want to move want to here, here and be and here, here with adversity against you. Against you. The whole the area whole has maintained, maintained a certain, a certain forum. forum. And you and you turn this into a Carol City. City and over, and over town, town, you have you have destroyed our neighborhood, neighborhood by making, by it, making it a red, red flaming house. house. The homeowners association does not expressly forbid a specific color. Color does, however, does have a blanket rule about anything being a nuisance. Nor shall anything be done there which may or may become an annoyance or nuisance to the neighborhood. And we and we consider that a nuisance. That we consider it a new and it's and, and in here, 25 years old. In those 25 no. years, South Florida has changed. Ariana's parents don't even speak English.
Gentlemen of America and the AJC family, to all our listeners across the USA, the month of December will prove to be one of reflections. As AJC Radio looks back on a year in review, we will be playing our top eight programs for the month of December. As the holidays approach and the vision for tomorrow begins to set in place, AJC Radio will get you ready. Join us in the month of December listening to our archive show, Spotlight on Different members of Congress and Congress. You don't want to miss it. Happy holidays from AJC Radio. 